Hi everyone, welcome to Today in Space. I'm your host, Alex Orfanos. Uh, you can also call me Greco. Uh, that's my Twitter handle, at El Greco, E-L-G-R-3-C-O. And this is Today in Space. Uh, I have with me today the assistant. He's back again. All right, how you doing? How's it going? Good, good. Everything's well, uh, you know, uh, working away. And, uh, you know, we're obviously heading into warm weather here, so I'm very happy individual. Yes. So. Yes. I'm I'm ecstatic. I, I, the fact that uh, the snow is... We, we actually have a lawn. Like most, yeah. Uh, not only can you smell dirt, but you can actually see the ground again. Yeah, it looks like hay, but, you yeah. know, it looks like... But, sorry. <laughs> it looks awful, but yeah. that's, that's besides the point. Uh, it, it's funny because you can f- see the ground again, but those giant mounds that are in different lots and stuff like that looks awful. It right. looks like there's just dirt. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know what I saw the other day? Uh, it's <laughs> starting to melt so much that you're starting to see all the stuff that they picked up. Yeah. There's actually one mound, uh, down the street that's got a, it's like a lamp. No, it's not a lamppost. It's a, it's like a sign post that right. was dug out <laughs> from the concrete. That's just melted. Now you can see it. You yep. know. Oh uh, yeah, it's just it's, uh, yeah. it's ugly. You know, it's uh, you know it, it's we knew you know just <laughs> again you know warm weather's here. I'm happy uh, even though we still have mounds and mountains of snow mm-hmm. uh, packed up in some some field. That's right. okay. That's all right. No problem. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Now the the other thing that's happening, and I apologize if it if it comes through on the mic. Uh, allergy season is now here. So if it's not that thing, it's the other, right? It's New England. Uh, but uh, no, it's 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 whatever. So if, if it comes across in the mic, I'm sorry. Uh, not, you know, not feeling a hundred percent, but uh, the show must go on. So there's there's no complaining. Um, but uh, one thing I just wanted to kind of start with is uh, well, first before we start, uh, before I go on another tangent, uh, this is today in space. So this is a show, uh, an entertainment show, uh, trying to keep it funny, a little light, and we're just going to talk about space uh what's happening on earth in orbit or in outer space and we're going to bring you a bunch of news that i've found that uh that the assistant has found anyone who comes on and we're just trying to make it a good conversation um you know my feeling is there aren't too many places out there where you can just have a regular conversation um you know or 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 you can feel free to just ask anything you know the the big big thing for this show is ask questions do not be afraid do not think that you're too stupid or or you you because you're not a scientist you can't get involved that's anti-productive uh, counterproductive to getting the word about space and science out there so please please ask um and this show is just a, a good place for us to come together and uh and enjoy conversation and, and science all together so absolutely. have a little fun with it too yeah absolutely more fun than ever yep uh, so, uh, first thing, uh, just to want to get off, uh, my chest for this week, it's just, it's very interesting, because, um, you know, when you, I read about astro, uh, I'm starting to read about astronauts, and all the training that they go through, and 95% of the time, maybe even more than that, they spend on the ground training, hmm. you know, the, they spend very little time, if you consider the amount of time they spend training, actually in space. Um, and I think that's kind of why it's really not meant for everybody. And I think it's just something that you don't know unless you hear about it. Sure. Um, so w- what that makes me, it, it gives me hope because, you know, sometimes being 25, beca- you know, really becoming an adult, having responsibility and uh, kind of shedding off the uh, the growing pains, 
as you know as it happens you know from being a kid um i think one of the things i and maybe just a lot of kids my age it just you get stuck up in the fact that you're gonna get everything done in one day that uh and if you don't it's kind of you know it's it's a you get down about it it's just funny because you know the more i realize especially now that this is this is my show this is my company it's it's something i've started to create um that's helped me a lot with realizing that that you know just prepare make a list you know and and just get as much done as you can during the day and and uh one of the things i've had to do is really reel back my expectations you know um you can't just you can't expect to get everything done because you're going to be uh disappointed all the time so um i don't know how uh, that comes into your experience yeah but... as i'm sure you know i'm a kind of a list fiend mm-hmm. you know i've got lists probably you know like I could probably stack, you know, probably five or six inches of lists on my desk if I needed to from old lists that I scratched off. And, um, you know, for my 30 years in business, you know, it's you kind of have your main list and you have your kind of sub list. And then you kind of the way I do it is I I every morning I when I sit down on my desk, I create I kind of go through stuff. And obviously you kind of have an idea from the day before. But what I do is I'll actually uh, take a separate piece of paper or, you know, a lot of guys that use Outlook, you know, um, I wish it was kind of a way to prioritize on Outlook, but that's a story for another day. Mm. Uh, but what I try to do is take a piece of paper and just put three things item on three items on that list. Right. And, and those are the three things I want to get done first. doesn't mean I'm going to get them done today or maybe I'll get them done in the first hour. Right. Don't know. You know, um, but at least those three things come first. And when those three things are done, I'll go back to the other list and pull some more things off. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes you get interrupted and you got to add something to the list. But right. that's just the way it goes. Um, are you going to get everything done in one day and no. then have nothing else to do? Uh, no, then no. then you're actually not working hard at that point. So, right. uh, But yeah, I, uh, what I would suggest is you got your main list. You can even compartmentalize it in any way you want. Um, but then I, what I would suggest to people is just grab an index card, grab a piece of paper, or however you want to do it, and um, just put three things. Today, these three things, and then once you've crossed those off or completed those three, mm-hmm. go back to the list and go again. Because mm-hmm. part of the problem is that when you create a big list, you're never satisfied. Yeah, and you, and you get bummed out because you're yeah. like, wow, I oh. didn't do anything to this list. Wow. It's still I really sucked long. today, yeah. didn't I? You know? <laughs> right, I mean, wow, right. I got 33 items. I got one done. Right. You know? Yeah, so it's almost like you need to um, set your own expectations for the day. Right. Like, set what you think is a goal and say, okay, if I get this done, I'll be happy. Right. And I think a lot of people, I know me, I'm talking about me, really. Um, don't let me put this on you guys. Uh, but... Uh, I, I was not good at uh, giving myself reasonable expectations right. to achieve, you know, and I would just constantly be down on it. Um, now I've been I've been doing lists for the past four years. I really got serious with it in the last three, um, and it's evolved. You know, it started off with yeah. like you were saying the the three, right? Um, just because that was that was easier to um, to feel good about, right? You know, it was like okay, if I get these three things done. I'll feel good. And then it really, what you, you end up realizing when you first start is, oh, okay, I, I can do more than that. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, it, now, is a, it is a habit. It, well, that's that's what it really comes down right. to. And that's what I admire so much about the astronauts and the people that work at NASA and, and, and just the aerospace. I think what's, what's drawn me to the aerospace field in general is the fact that 
and just engineering is it's it's about discipline you know i mean back back in the old days before degrees the people that were engineers are the people that were organized that had discipline to get things done right um didn't matter if you had a degree from you know some big wig school or that everyone knew about if you it was all about at the end of the day getting things done do right. i have to worry about you right. getting your work done or can i just let you get the work done for me you, you know what it is it, to a certain extent you know everybody wants to feel like they accomplished something mm. you know in, in a strange way, this is going to sound really crazy, especially, you know, again, I'm older. So it, you get some, I, I know one guy that would always just write one thing on one piece of paper. Mm. And that was what he did. He completed it. What he liked doing was scratching it off because it gave him a sense of accomplishment. Right. Or crumpling it up yeah. and throwing it in the trash. Yeah. That gave him a sense, all right, I got that done. You know, and so mm. uh, tough to do, obviously, on the computer. Yeah, or you even know, even on a phone. Like, yeah, phone. I've got a stylus on my new phone, but it's not it's not the same. It's, it's not good. the same. You don't it's you don't good. get the sensation of completion. Yes, or the sensation of accomplishment, which everybody is looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, and for those out there who are frustrated with their accomplishments, like I think we mentioned this a couple of shows ago, is that you kind of a couple of diff different approaches where maybe you put two really easy things on your list first. Mm -hmm get those two things done bang bang quick so then you build some momentum going right. into into the the harder thing mm -hmm. versus doing the harder thing and maybe you don't even get to the two easy which ones. i was totally guilty of younger right. i mean i that was always my big thing was going for the hardest thing first and then you know <laughs> right. not not realizing that you know I, I haven't gotten anything done today because i right. didn't uh that was when i first started college was going after the hardest thing right that was that was uh, for some reason what i was going yeah. for yeah i mean people are different i think i think like myself i'm definitely a momentum person you mm -hmm. know where i like to build momentum as the day goes on i'll find days that when i get to my desk early and i start and i do a bunch of those small things first mm -hmm. i have a tendency to accomplish more in that day because i'm in the rhythm of it i'm right. definitely a rhythm individual there's no question about it um you know, on other days when things, you know, when you, you hit something hard early in the morning, you don't get the numbers, the, you know, the amount of accomplishments, the day does seem to drag or constantly hit you in the shins, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. But. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's, I think it really does depend on person to person. It does. Um, it, de it depends what people need. I think it depends what people need as a sense of, sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so maybe some of the other individuals prefer to get something more substantive, substantive, you know, um, substantial, substantial completion right. in the day. Maybe yeah. they need that. Um, myself, I would prefer to get ten things done, you know, uh, and see right. those completions. No matter how big or small Doesn't those things matter. are, right? Yeah. Just ten individual right. things. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I know for for me, um, I, for for my lists, uh, I've I've moved on to notebooks now. I have right. tons and tons of notebooks filled with things uh i think just the act of writing it down right. pen to paper pencil to paper just getting it out of my head and putting it down right. that alone whether i get anything done uh that helps me so much just right. to clear my head because right. otherwise it's just floating in my head right i agree and I, I i waste my energy and my my brain right power right you know for lack of a better word on keeping that in my head well it's funny you say that because i don't when i put my notes at work into outlook or wherever else i'm putting it you know i don't get the same 
sense of relief in my brain than when I write it down. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the physical act of writing it. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I, if I, maybe I know it's on paper and it's not going to get lost if something happens to my computer. Right. You know, I'm not sure what it is, mm -hmm. but I know definitely when I write it down and even though it's stacked on my desk, my brain doesn't have to constantly work on it or worry about it. Right. You know, uh, but I, I do find that myself. That's mm -hmm. the case. So. Yeah, but. it's 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 a very interesting thing. It's 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 like you'd said. It's it's a discipline, um, and it's it's not something someone's just gonna run into. It's right. not something like you're not gonna have a conversation with somebody who's like, listen, you know, I've had this conversation with people. Oh, you know, I don't, you know, things aren't really working, and you know, I'm, I need to do something new. And you can tell them all the things that you've done and, right. and that that could help them. But it all comes down to the fact of are you or is that person you're talking to, are you willing to put in the effort because it's it's never ending. Right. Even if you start it, basically there's no end. Right. So it's you're starting this journey of of being disciplined right. that will never end. It's it's what's the it's easy to learn, hard to master. Right. Um impossible to master. Uh that was uh a few sports that I've done, a crew, for instance, I, I, I rode uh, for a year in college. That was that was that whole thing. It was easy to learn, hard to master. And that, that could be said of a lot, a lot of things. Sure. Um, but uh, I, I think it, it takes a certain person, or it takes you being in a certain part in your life where you're like, enough is enough. Right. I, that, that was it for me, is enough is enough. I've had enough being lazy or whatever you want to call it, just not being disciplined. I, I can't. Well, well being lazy is a habit, just like being being disciplined is a habit, you know, it and it's just choices, and I'm guilty of it as much as anybody else is. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that, I think a lot of times those people who who are ha struggling with being lazy or struggling with not having accomplishments, I think what happens is that sometime during the day, and again, I'm guilty of this myself, it's like, oh, crap, you know, it's noontime, oh, crap, it's 1 o'clock, uh, do I start that thing? You know, if I start it now, I'm probably not going to get that done. You know, so, you know what, I'll put that off to tomorrow. Right. You know, and then I'll pick uh, five or six other small items that I can accomplish, so I accomplish 10 things today. Mm -hmm. So I feel good about the day that I got 10 things done. Now, I may not have gotten the most important thing done, which is an issue, no question. Right. But, um what it does, it builds habits, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it builds habits of continuing to, to build those lists, you know, addressing, adjusting those lists and whatever it is. Um, it's, it's not, um, everyone's, everyone's separate. I mean, I, there's other people I know who can just literally go down the list and just go at it. I'm not one of those individuals that can mm -hmm. do that. So I have to kind of pick and choose and build momentum for myself. So I, I will say for me, the, having a list throughout the day and sticking to it is is definitely my I, I love doing that. Uh, definitely helps. When I get frustrated is when the thing that always happens, which is something gets uh, the, a niche gets right. put in the road. Now it's not always a uh, it's not always a bad thing. Um, some days, for instance, if I'm at work, um, that just happens, and and I think it's very strange at work. I, I seem less stressed out about something getting messed up and screwing up the plan. Than in regular life, right? Um, I, I totally agree. with No, you. I think that's yeah. just my discipline. I think I'm more disciplined in, in the work environment yeah, me too. to not let that bother right. me. Where in real life, of course, it's just a little more frustrating. Right. Uh, but that's probably where that happens more often. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm in the same boat. That like, mm -hmm. I think at work, the systems, a lot of systems are set up or channels are set up in such a way to kind of help you along. 
sure. you know, at least in the good companies, that you know yeah. they're set up they're set up in such a way that you know the systems in place are taking that load off of you in theory. Uh, but I think you know it'd be nice to see some of our uh, listeners would uh, try that out the paper approach versus the mm-hmm. computer approach because it does it does it uh, there is a difference between writing a paper list versus having a list on your computer so mm-hmm. uh, it'd be interesting to see some, hear some response to that so yeah and if if you'd like to get in touch with the show uh, if you like what we're doing please subscribe uh, subscription is free uh, as we've we've figured out here at the show subscription is. For uh, all time up until the last few years, has meant you have to pay for it. Right. This is a subscription for a podcast, which is really, in all seriousness, it's it's just it's keeping you connected to a link and updating you every time it comes up. So that's what the subscription is. But what it does is it helps us grow our numbers and helps us uh, get the show out there to people. So the more people that subscribe, potentially the more people that know about it. Um, so, uh, you can do that, uh, through iTunes, uh, on the, the website, todayinspace.net. It's at the footer of the page. Um, you can click on that icon, it'll bring it up in a web page. Then you can also do it, uh, you know, I, now I've moved on to Android. Uh, you can do it on Android. I use Podcast Addict. There are tons of different apps for that. Um, but basically you just need to look for it today in space. It should come up. Uh, you'll see my beautiful face, uh, and the, uh, Today in Space logo, um, subscribe to that, that'd be awesome, uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, uh, you can email us at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com, it's the easiest way to get in touch, uh, it's also on the website, at the contact link, uh, it's the same exact website that it'll, uh, email that it will go to, so, uh, do that, on Twitter, I'm at El Greco, E-L-G-R-3-C-O, and on Facebook, we also have a Facebook page, uh, that seems to get the word out very effectively for, for, for whatever reason. Um, we've been having great, great numbers with the Facebook page, um, averaging about 400 views, uh, reaching 400 people a week, which is fantastic. Um, that's, I, I, I love that that's happening. It's just, it's just getting people more involved. Um, and, uh, you know, that's probably the most active one. Uh, Twitter is also where I'm mostly active. So uh, if you want to see what I'm looking at, uh, you can go to either my Twitter page. And if you don't, you can also go to the home page um, where you'll see the com link. And the com link is just literally um, my communication link. And that's just my Twitter feed. So you can see what I'm looking at, um, what's going on, even if you don't have Twitter. So uh, that's my gift to you guys. Um, other than that, let's let's get started with with some space news. Um, the big thing was uh, the last week, uh, last time, but since the last time we've been on, um, Expedition Forty Three launched, uh, and that was, oop, here we go, uh, that was on March twenty seventh, uh, two thousand fifteen. Uh, it launched at three forty two p.m. Uh, they launched aboard uh, Soyuz rocket system, which apparently I didn't I didn't know this beforehand, but um, the Soyuz is not only a capsule, but it's also the entire launch system itself, mm. um, okay. which I, I you didn't know before that. Um, it's a very very interesting looking rocket. I'll I'll, I'll get a picture up here uh, so you can see it. It's very very interesting. Um, just the design itself, like like mm. our the the American rockets don't look like that. Right. Um, 
and it just looks like power. Yeah, very interesting on the bottom. It's a very, very interesting look to it. Right. Um, And that entire thing is the Soyuz system. Uh, from what it's kind I've of interesting read. that you mentioned that because this this particular rocket, and I'm sure you posted on the on the website, but this one fans out at the bottom, the third, where um, you know, like the SpaceX one, actually goes the other way. It's thicker up top and then goes thinner. Mm. You know, it's kind of interesting how the you know the differences. So. Yeah, it, it's it's very yeah, it's very. Interesting Soyuz is older though; it's a lot older. Soyuz is older, but it's also extremely well tested. Right. Um, I mean, for instance, the 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 launch uh, of Expedition Forty Three, it flawless. One right. word. I mean, it, it flawless. They 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 launched, they got into orbit, and they docked uh, all within. Let's see. They they launched at four o one p.m., and on the same day they docked at nine forty nine p.m. So within five hours, six hours, they were on Earth and then at the station. Well, it's like flying from one coast to the other, not even, I mean, you know, from, you know, from the west of the east coast, yeah. it's six hours, so. Yeah, and on board, uh, there was um, flight engineer Mikhail Kornienko, uh, um, there was flight engineer Scott Kelly uh, from NASA, and uh, flight engineer uh, Gennady Padalka, who... Uh, it was very underrated in a lot of the uh, coverage that was outside of NASA and the, the space organizations. Everyone who tried to get involved in the year in space, they focused extremely on the year in space. But Kennedy is going to, at the end of Expedition 43, hold the all-time record for in-space time. Wow. He will have the... the for, that's that's uh, apparently what I had read at the end of his flight. Um, so that's, that's a huge accomplishment right. that really didn't get touched on by right. anybody. Well, you know, props to him, and uh, and again, I think we got to give uh, uh, well done to the to the Russians again for yes, Roscosmos yeah. did a fantastic you know? job uh, in partnership with NASA on getting our, our, our all this all these our humans <laughs> into space. Um, it's uh, it's re- it's it's awesome to see when something goes well like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, um, it was a lot of fun uh, keeping in touch. If uh, if you go to the Facebook page, I actually had a. A whole post where I actually was live talking, uh, live Facebook live talk, I guess, you know, yeah, awesome. what, whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, as the launch is going on. And I'm going to be doing that for a few more launches, whether like it's it. on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, so if you guys want to get involved while we're talking, um, it's, it, was, it was a lot of fun to, to, to do that while I was listening. And I learned a few things. Um, for instance, um, the... Uh, while they were up there, they did what was called a um, a hot was it what was it a hot stage. Um, so so the third stage uh, lit while the second stage was still going, mm. okay. uh, and that that's called a hot stage. And I guess for for the procedure that they were going to to get into orbit, um, that's how they did it. Which I didn't think they, they you could do that. And that's uh-huh. very interesting. Um, oh. you know, usually you see it shut off. Right. And then the next, next stage, next stage goes. So that was kind of cool. So it's interesting. They've, they've been able to develop, you know, their rocket in such a way that, you know, you can do the multiple stages, you know, versus dropping them and, you know, and then go to the next one. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And actually, uh, if if we never figured out multi-stage rockets, you never would have broken the Earth's gravity. That's the only, that's the right. reason. Uh, the B two. Uh, that's the reason they they could do intercontinental missiles is right. because, without that, you you. You just don't have enough force. You have to lose mass. That, right. That's the whole idea behind uh, right. uh, rocket propulsion and just right. 
space travel in general. Right. In our continental ballistics, that's it's you have to lose mass to gain speed because you just gravity so yeah, it's just so powerful that it, yeah. you have to lose that mass or else it's impossible. Right. So very interesting. Um, on the way up there, they had a, a cam, which uh, it was just great to see humans flying into space again. You know, yeah. um, not that they haven't been, but from uh, from everybody, from from the populace, from everybody else who's not involved, mm. uh, even myself, um, you just don't see it as much anymore. It's not as publicized, or it right. just the word doesn't get out. I guess that's the right way to say it nowadays. Yeah, it's really. Um... At least in the United States, mm-hmm. it's, it's really yes, it, very it, true. In, in the United States, it, it's 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 really ignored. To yeah. be honest with you, it's really just ignored. Where it really could be uh, um, a spot of real hope for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know. But it is ignored in the states. I mean, you don't you almost you don't never see it on a newscast or anything. So yeah, and I think I think a big part of it is, um, for the most part, it seems like uh, most people who would cover it or who would be the front end. Of communication, uh, a journalist, a uh, uh, an anchor for news. It's almost like everyone's just too scared to even bring it up, which I understand. Right. It's because they're like, oh, it's science. I don't want to be wrong, which right. I, I, is kind of a reason why I want to start the show. It's because it's okay to be wrong, right. but most people don't want to put the effort in to even... Right. Know how to be right. Yeah, so then they just it, ignore it all. Well, you together. know what it is? I'm not sure it's about being wrong. You know, mm-hmm. it's about maybe, and let's be honest about it, it's probably maybe I don't want to look stupid on the air. Yes. You know, I yeah. think I think that's really where it's mm-hmm. more like. It's like, well, I don't want to look like I'm stupid. Where right. it's where it's more like, you know, you almost put a disclaimer out. You know, I really know nothing about this, <laughs> but this is what happened today, you know? And so. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, speaking of correction, I was wrong. Uh, the last time we talked about uh, the year in space, I had mentioned that uh, this would be the longest time that humans had ever spent in space, a year in space. That is incorrect. It's the longest that Americans will right. spend in space. Uh, um, As a Russian. Typ- typical American, yeah. you know. Yeah, the uh, Russians thinking, have done it, right? Yes, the Russians. And most of uh, all, let's see here. I, I, there's a great list on uh, Wikipedia here. Um, the top six longest human space flights were all on the, the space station Mir, okay. which uh, Mir was uh, Russia's space station, uh, the Soviet Russian space station. Uh, Mir, standing for peace or world, um, operated in low orbit from 1986 to 2001. Um, and that was between the transition of the Soviet Union and, and Russia. Um, and uh, March 21, 2001, uh, it was... Uh, succeeded by uh, the International Space Station. Um, and, uh, you know, it did microgravity research and uh, they conducted experiments, but uh, the longest uh, time in space was 437.7 days by uh, Valery Polyakov. Wow. Um, wow. And uh, the next ones go down, you know, basically the, the sixth one is uh, 240.9 days. Um, which is they're all they're all extremely long, and those were all just on Mer itself. Right. Um, it's it's just it's going to be very interesting to see you know with the with the year in space. Um, <clears throat> it's really good because it, it's actually uh, from what I was listening to the other day, it's an international partnership, not just Russia and uh, the U.S., but everyone else who's involved in the space agency wants this. Uh, the, the Japanese space agency, right. they're all. 
Um, very excited to see this because this year in space, what we're going to learn is very, very important. You know, we have solid numbers. We even have some numbers, like we are saying, <clears throat> on what happens with a year in space. But to add more so that they can try and predict what what will happen in general terms sure. to someone in space, not only does that help us for space travel, it helps us for future things that we might want to do. Uh, because, you know, the more... <clears throat> The more we go down, sorry, my throat is, uh, uh, something's back there. Let's go. All right. <laughs> so the the more we get serious about going out into space, the more we kind of realize, you know, we got to slow down, you know, we got to figure this out because some really terrible things could happen if we don't look at it. Yeah, there's not, not a lot of room for error. Right. So. I mean, just the sheer fact that you're, <laughs> like, I'm still stuck on the fact that your eye breaks down structurally and you you have vision loss which can also happen apparently if like a solar flare happens this, uh, don't take my word for it but this is what I, I had heard um, apparently like, if, if solar radiation gets through um, from like a solar flare um, you can do some serious damage to yourself um, you know luckily right. we haven't had any serious ones that have crossed the plane the earth's right. plane but that's bad news for those guys up there yeah. if that happens right um, but, uh, yeah, just the fact that your eye can, can break down and, and because gravity, because it is so important for that, because right. it was developed in gravity, which it makes sense. It was designed for, right? Right. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. So the more we can learn and, and the fact that they've developed these, uh, workout schedules, like right. these astronauts are working out, uh, basically every day and they're, they're not just like doing a few push-ups or sure. riding the bike for half an hour. Some of these guys are doing marathons. Right. You know, they have to stay in great shape. Yeah, and actually, um, the other uh, cosmonaut... No, wait, go, go, yes. go, go back to that list for a second. Sure. So this... Uh, uh, what's that that cosmonaut, the 437 days here? What's it? Uh, Valery Polyakov. And, and when, when did that happen? Uh, 1994, January. All right, so that would be interesting to... I mean, who knows if he's even alive. There was an interview. I don't remember who it was, but when they were doing launch coverage for um, the year in space, Expedition 43 launch. They were interviewing uh, a Russian cosmonaut about that, about you know right. what challenges would the astronauts see up there. It was very interesting to hear him talk about right. it. Um, uh, well, I have to find that footage. I'm sure they replay it on NASA TV. Right. It was very interesting, you know, in, in the pre-launch cover that they were showing that. That would be interesting. Now, now who's, uh, who's the longest American? Uh, longest here? American uh, is Michael Lopez Alec. Algoria? 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 Yeah. Um, yeah, it was 215.4 days. That would be interesting to, you know, maybe, um, you know what, I'll start making, uh, next week I'll start making some phone calls, see if we can get an interview with this, this guy. Fantastic. You know, to see if we can get an interview and see, um, it, did he, you know, obviously he had the same effects as everybody else, did he uh, have any permanent Mm. effects from that. Well, that's part yeah. of the thing that they're, they really want, another interview on, on NAS TV, um, they're, you know, they know the effects when they come back and that, you know, through their workout programs, they can recover most of that. The next step is now, as these astronauts get older, what is the effect that happens in their 50s, their 60s, their 70s, right. you know, what what is it doing to their long-term health? Because you don't really see it until it's already there. Right, besides the usual, you know. The usual, the usual things, getting things. fat and old. Right, and all right. Stuff, so. <laughs> the inevitable. Uh, 2000, um, you said 2009? Is that on there? Uh, 
the last time an American went yeah. up there for a long time was 2006. 2006. Yes, okay. 2007. All right. I just added that to my list. Oh, so, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to talk about? Oh, they were talking to uh, Mikhail Kornienko, who's the other um, half of the Year in Space mission. Um, was working in partnership with with uh, Scott Kelly with this. That he's also going to be doing his own tests. Um, he was talking about how, you know, he, he wants to be, you know, part of it is, you know, they got their workout schedule. Um, and one of the things, you know, he's definitely thought about is, you know, you can't push yourself too hard. And one of the challenges for being up there that long and, and keeping up that workout is you don't want to injure yourself. Mm. You know, you, you got to keep a straight head because if you push yourself too hard one day or whatever and you injure yourself two months you, you figure right. you know before you get any better and sure. that's two months of data you can't you don't have anymore yeah you know it's um i don't you know it, it's interesting i mean it, you we talk about workouts we all think about you know okay doing curls and push-ups right, right. and everything else i mean they're probably doing eye exercises for 20 minutes you know what i mean yeah you know cheek exercises you know what i mean <laughs> you know I don't mean your butt and your face, you know, so, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's one of those, you know, I mean, I would think, you know, if you're going to work yeah. the, the, the parts, you know, um, you know, I, I would think that would be the case. You'd have to do all the. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get more into the, the stuff we'll have to, uh, well, it's interesting. Uh, I was following, uh, the blogs.nasa.gov. They've been putting up updates for the year in space. Uh, this one's from, uh, March 31st of this year. And, uh. So I'll just I'm just gonna read some excerpts from this. You know, the three uh, Expedition Forty Three crew members uh, joined Commander Verts. Um, they did emergency hardware familiarization on the first Tuesday they were up there. Because uh, these guys, they they pretty much have their whole mission right. planned for the most part. What they're gonna do with their time? You right. know, there's, there's I'm sure there's some free time, but you know. They 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 knew even before they got up there what their mission was going to be. So like most people are like oh how, you know could you even be worried? No, th there's no worry because it's already planned. Right, they, were, you know, they have plans. If the plan goes right, you know there's, right. there's this is all played sure. out. So so they know what to expect, or they can expect as much as they can. So that they take out that worry. Right. You know, so they just can focus on the mission, which makes sense. Makes sense. You know, most people, no way. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't happen. Um, so, they're, you know, they're doing all these things. Uh, uh, the new cosmonauts, uh, Gennady Padalka and Mikhail Kornienko with Scott Kelly, um, they got together for communications training uh, with the ground controllers while wearing emergency masks. Um, and they also spent the rest of that day uh, on station orientation, where everything is, uh, and familiarization activities, whatever those might be. Yeah. Just I'm guessing just to get themselves comfortable with where yeah, they're going to be. Used to sitting there, and especially doing with Mikhail and uh, Scott Kelly, they're going to be up there for a year. Right. So, um, you know, Kelly's started his uh, one-year missions uh, stuff, and the doctors are going to compare his body again with his brother, uh, Mark Kelly. Uh, for the twin study, and um, upcoming on April 12th, although they may have moved it to April 13th. Let me just check here. Uh, SpaceX is going to be sending up uh, the Dragon capsule again. So uh, they're preparing for that. That's their next big thing. Um, let me look up here. 
and that's going to be CRS6 if I'm not mistaken. So similar as CRS5 that we've covered before, um, where they're going to send up Dragon, um, bring up supplies, and then they're right. also going to send back scientific payloads and everything else that they're going right. to need. So let's see here. The next flights. Yeah, no, they're not going to say it on this one, are they? All right, let's... Uh... <laughs> Uh, okay. No, I don't think they're going to say it. No, it doesn't look it. No, okay. I'm pretty sure it's April 12th, at least from this, uh, um, thing, uh, from, from NASA.gov. But, um, so that's going to be really good. So, and all that stuff is going to return May 21st. So it's going to be up there for a good amount of time. Hmm. Um... Yeah, it's uh, I'm excited to see that because uh, apparently uh, SpaceX is going to try and land again on the wow. barge, so that's nice. going to be exciting. Nice. Uh, yeah. No bouncing um, this time. Really excited to see what the next version is. You know, unfortunately, the last time um, the weather was just horrendous. Uh, right. That was when we were getting our storms over here. So, um, you know, we'll see. I hope. Uh, I wish them all the best. Uh, it's always exciting to see what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, very very exciting and <laughs> even uh uh sorry for that weird ass laugh um <laughs> um uh tesla uh played a uh, an april fool's joke uh oh, yeah? yes and uh it's probably the only one i really paid attention to um i don't have it in front of me but basically they put um they put a, a tweet out or elon put out a tweet out someone saw that uh, they were releasing the the um, the the Mark W or the Tesla W or something like that, um, and of course, what we've seen a lot of people just kind of jump on the gun. Yeah, sure, get um, What people didn't do was actually look at the picture or read the article because if they had uh, the picture itself, because apparently it was Tesla was saying they were going to release their own watch, right? That's the W. <laughs> if you looked at the picture. Uh, it was, it was a watch that had like basically Big Ben sticking out. <laughs> so it's like, all right, clearly, clearly this is a joke, but, uh. So, so, so that car company's releasing a watch. A watch, right. right so, uh, you mean electric? You mean like a battery? <laughs> they are releasing a uh, battery for people to actually put in their own homes, which is their next big thing, but that's cool. besides the point. Um, so Tesla's stock rose by, I think it was one and a quarter percent that right. day because of uh well, <laughs> because people dude, didn't look at it dude, you gotta read they're it. just like oh, oh no, they're doing it let's go yeah. let's go yeah so it's like it's like wow it's it it's interesting from my perspective because i don't know too much about the stock market but right. that's how much of not i'm not gonna say it, it's fake it's just that's how much um yeah it's all about the traders the traders or well, i'm trying to figure out the right way to say it um, that's just how much word of mouth or just speculation, right. or that's even, still not even the word, um, right. blind trust is put into, you know, right. stocks and things like yeah, that, I which mean, explains why things can just change so quickly. Absolutely. You know? Well, yeah, you've got, you've got a group of people who, who let's, let's just take Tesla. They like Tesla. They like, you know, Elon and whatever he does new, we're going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not unusual. It's not just in that industry, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it, it is something that, 
uh, it's something new. Oh, good, you know, bam, the stock would go up and people jump on it. Right. It's and a lot of it, the traders do do that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. So I thought, thought that'd be interesting, but it's just it's just silly because it's like wow that. That was yeah. probably the best April Fool's joke like that a company's done yeah. in a little while, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, okay, so what's another thing we wanted to touch on? Okay. Uh, so we've been talking about business. So right. That's kind of our, our thing whenever we get on Absolutely. the show together is talk about space business because it's, it's happening whether people want it to or not. Um, so, of course, with space business, there has to be space lawyers, ah. which is very much a thing. No, that's, that's uh, apparently, it's already started, and you can actually go to school for it or attend seminars for space law. That's apparently a thing now. So, well, um, does that mean you have to take a class up in space? Let me let me get out my notes here. So, um, so uh, it was a Wall Street Journal article that I found on on Twitter. Uh, it's called "Space Lawyers Help Startups Navigate the Final Legal Frontier." Uh. Um, it's by uh, Bradley Hope, it was March twentieth this year, uh, and it's uh, it, you know it kind of goes over um, talking about this this space lawyer, uh, Mr. Kafir. That's K F I R. It's a forty two year old guy uh, who's very much involved in in, in space uh, law, um, you know, and and for. Uh, the, the writer talks about a bunch of different commercial aspects of space business. There's space hotel startups, there's satellite providers, uh, and then there's obviously, you know, what most people think of is, is asteroid mining and things like that. You know, and some of the things, you know, they, they make sense. I mean, it's the reason we have lawyers, you know, if, if an accident happens, who pays for the damage, that kind of right. thing. So if someone, if a privately owned spacecraft runs into this other spacecraft, who pays for that damage, that type right. of thing. Um, there's also if if a company mines an asteroid successfully and brings back the material, do they own it? Right. Very important no, things that fair. definitely need to be discussed. There's also rather ridiculous things that I guess need to be brought up uh, beforehand. Um, like this article talked about if hypothetically, an American astronaut would be murdered by a British astronaut on the moon. This sounds right. like a James Bond movie. Um, it's generally believed that the U.S. courts could handle the case. I don't know, it's a big assumption Right. There. So then it's like, well, if the same astronaut pickpockets another astronaut, which seems a little outrageous, but yeah. we'll, I'll go with it, um, it's unclear whether the victim would have legal recourse. And then the rationale there is that any president to assert U.S. jurisdiction, uh, there isn't any precedent to right. assert U.S. No, there isn't. No, you know, no, in, no. in a minor crime. So it's like, okay. It's like, uh, I, I, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. But it, yeah. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. Right. But, no, I mean, you know, you I'm know, sure these things do need to get hashed out beforehand. That'd be good. They're valid. The question is, is that if something really does happen, is like, it, it really, at, th at this point in time, it's just a political football. It's whatever the right. politicians agree to. You right. know, there's no space court. Yes. You know, which is, you know, probably the next Yeah, yeah, until, <laughs> until something happens that basically requires an international federation. Right. Or a galactic federation, I guess. Right. Or I guess we could start at a, uh, yeah, I guess galactic. Yeah. Milky Way galaxy. Sure. We'll just stick there. Um, you know, the, the, until that time where it's essential... 
nothing's really going to happen. Right. You know, I'm sure this these private companies that are going to be sending um, asteroid mining missions before that happens or before they come back the right. first successful time, we'll definitely see some space laws involved. But yeah. the question is how, you know. Yeah, it's it's it, okay. So who's the court? You know, who yeah. is going to decide this? You know, at is, the it, moment is it the property of the earth? Yeah, tomorrow, right now, it's simply politicians, whoever's president, vice president, whoever's mm -hmm. prime minister, whoever's in charge of of that planet mm -hmm. or that country. You know, that country, uh, and if they have a treaty with each other, right? If they yeah. have a treaty with each other, okay, then something then, could then be worked you, out. You can get something worked out. If you don't even have a treaty with each other, it's basically, hey, you know, good luck. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it, uh, the article also brings up later, uh, you know, about, uh, there's, there's a, a professor of space law and advisor on three federal aviation committees. Um, her name's Joanne Gabrinowitz. Uh, and, uh, she shows episodes of Star Trek to, to help her students, right. uh, kind of imagine space law issues. Right. Uh, and, uh, I guess, uh, according to this, one of her favorites from The Next Generation uh, it's called A Matter of Perspective, where uh, Commander Riker is accused of murder on a planet where all the suspects are presumed guilty right, right off the bat. So it, it, I think that's a, a good way to start. I mean, it's the sure. only thing you have to go off of. Sure. Um, and I, Star Trek was also, it was always really good at bringing up, kind of making you think outside the box, kind of right. like, okay, yeah, like there are other species, they're from other planets, so how right. would you even approach that? Right. You no, know? it's valid. It's, it's it's cool to, uh, to yeah see you know that. you're in you're on someone else's planet like you're in someone else's country you you're right. under their rules right you know yeah and, so. and I think a lot of Americans they a lot of us get caught up in the fact that America is the world and that is not the case no you know um, I mean I know my personal experience gives me kind of a, a good world view because I've I've you know I'm Greek I'm from I I a, consider myself half and half i am american and i am also greek right um i was born here so firstly i'm american but right. at the same time you know my my heritage is is very important to me right so that keeps me thinking worldly especially with right. all the things that greece is going through right now right um i'm very thankful for where i am True. uh right now especially in this time um and i think people get caught up in the fact that they don't really realize what, what else is going on there. So Yeah, the U.S. is unique. I mean, it it's is. unique in history. I mean, mm. never mind just in present time. It's unique in the aspect that, um, I mean, we can always go back and forth and discuss whether it's been diluted or whatever. But, I mean, it right. was it was it's a government, um, a country that was designed that that the people's individual rights are more important than the group, mm. than the societal um, group, you know? I mean, the theory is that anytime you give up your individual rights to be part of a group, you're no longer, you've given up your, your individual choices. Mm. Um, and that's where the United States was the beacon of light, where it protected private your private property, you know, your, your, your land that you purchased, your home or whatever else it is. It was, you know, the United States, it's the individual's rights were paramount above those of the government. Right. So the government just couldn't come in and say, Hey, screw you. We're taking it. Mm -hmm. Even though it has happened, you know, to right. a certain extent, extent the eminent domain and all this other crap. But, um, but that's why it's unique in, in that essence, you know, mm -hmm. that that's what, how it was designed. So, 
Yeah, and it's uh, so that's why I think it's it's important to, to keep that in mind. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's unique, people. It's not it's not. Yeah, it's not the, the most. The majority of the world doesn't think that way. No, so, no, and I think no. that's where a lot of Americans get in trouble. Right. Um, I think a lot of them should just go on vacation uh, or take a trip. Just talk to people from not here, you know, and understand. Well, that. you should. You, I mean, you really should to realize how, how well you have it, even though obviously we can argue the economy has been tough over the last uh, yeah. 10 years or so, you know. Uh, uh, but yeah, absolutely. You, you go and see, um, you know, you go to other countries, even Greece, even Greece. Let's talk about Greece. I mean, uh, there is bil- there are billionaires who were Greek, who were born in Greece, who won't go back there and do business yeah. because you can't do business there because it's totally protected for, you know, the people who are part of the government system, you know, mm. and so that's just the way it is, you know, and so uh, it's very frustrating uh, for someone who lives in the United States to say, you know, I don't understand, why can't we do these things? Well, you just can't, because yeah, yeah. that's the way it goes, Not, tough yeah, luck, have a nice day, <laughs> you know, so, hey, you know, unless you want to throw me 10 grand or something, but, you know. Right, right. But. Oh, not, not in the U.S. Not in the U.S. No. no. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking, I mean, uh, this, this space lawyer, Mr. Kafir. He was born in Israel, came to the U.S. in the 1970s, spoke very few words of English, but watched Star Wars during a school field trip, and that's what kicked it off for him. There you go. Know? And, and from there, and now he's, a, he's, from what it seems, a successful uh, space lawyer. He's at the beginning of a brand new business, um, and it just goes to show you, you know, that's, that's if, if this guy can do that, I mean, then, then the American dream is still working. Well, you know, I you tell know? you what, I think, I think Mr. Kafir is... Um has um has you know really stumbled upon something here that mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense i think you know you're talking about pioneering you're really yes. at the pioneering stage um of establishing you know some guidelines what i'm going to call them laws right. you know we'll just call them some guidelines to go by um mm-hmm. but uh very interesting um you know, uh, and gutsy approach. Let's yes. take it. It took a lot. Take a lot of guts. Hey, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna. Hi, mom. You know, I'm gonna go become a space lawyer. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> the, 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 the author of the article talked uh, talked to him about that, and uh, he has to defend himself. Sure. Uh, for his decision, but you know, he says he can convince people after a few few minutes. You know, if they're willing to listen to him. Well, I tell you um, what, you know, as you know, I've been doing business research, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at the billions of dollars being invested in this, um, you know, I think he's way ahead of the curve. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. And then that's the reason why they need space lawyers is that now it's become this real thing that the money is is flowing. Right. All the money, you know, yep. that's so the lawyers are going to go there because yep. when there's money flowing, there's going to need someone who's going to need to be able to travel the legal right. net. You yep. know, so these guys got to be there to, to help protect their investments and make sure that they're doing things legally. I'd love to be in that boardroom, you know, sitting around with 12 people and saying, hey, you know, what's really going on here? It's like, well, you know, we really need to call a space lawyer. And it's just, I'd love to be a fly on the wall just to see the look <laughs> on some of the old guys' faces. Like, what the hell are you talking about? What? Space lawyer. That's a thing. So. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I, I think, I tell you, Mr. Kafir, I think it's... Um, extremely well ahead of the curve and and you really look at the money that's being invested in here um Mm -hmm. the need will come and come quickly Mm, yes it's gonna come quickly no it it definitely will um and that's why we're we're keeping an eye on it here at uh today in space because it's happening and uh you're probably not going to hear about it from a lot of different places so 
Yeah, you know, I would assume that you don't need to take a test for that, you know, to become a space lawyer, you know. So um, well, apparently... You have, to be, you have to be a lawyer? You have to be a... I'm guessing the bar? you have to be some law... Uh, but apparently, he... Um, Mr. Kafir started in aerospace law uh, doing plane crash issues. Right, plane crashes, that makes sense. Uh, and know. then created his business, which I guess he does out of his house. Hmm. Um, Where is he from? Does, um, it, does it say? Uh, no, uh, actually, I think he's in... Right now, um, I think he's in the San Diego area, so California. Yeah, right. You know, that's the place I mean, it makes to be. sense. That's the place California, to be. Texas, New Mexico, yeah. really. I mean, yeah. that's... Arizona. Arizona, you know, Alabama's more the manufacturing side. Right. Um, as is Tennessee and uh, potentially Florida. Right. Um, East Coast seems to be more manufacturing-based, right. uh, where... The, the West Coast seems to be, you know, the, the business. Okay. Uh, that's that's my opinion. That's not necessarily true. Um, that's how I see it. But uh, yeah, apparently he's uh, he's working for Deep Space Industries. Okay. Uh, they're going to be mining, and uh, it was finally in 2012. Uh, they're going to send a spacecraft to the asteroids and try and bring the resources back. Um, they're not going to try their first mining effort until uh, at least five years from now. Right. But, uh, okay. That's the time to bring a lawyer in. This right. before you before you get involved. Yeah, you know. <laughs> not well, not. Oh crap! I think yeah, we need a lawyer. Let's go spend twenty billion. You know, it's like, um, <laughs> hey, are we allowed to do this? Is so, there a uh, space lawyer? Can that happen? Okay. So. <laughs> um, now it's interesting. All right. So if they, you know, if they go, they mine, and they bring it back to the same country that you started from. I guess then everything falls underneath that country's. Right, because we were talking about the other about the space treaty, right. right? So if we go off of that, right. I guess the the natural the assumption, treaty. the default assumption, I guess, right. is that it's regulated under the country that launched it. Right, but so, now let's say you so you know let's say you you launch from one country, mm -hmm. but then you deliver you to land, in but another if you land in another country, right. There, yeah. Right, or then you even sell it to another country. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, then, so then you start then getting into right. that. That's so. where the space lawyer comes in. Right, so yeah. they'll, they'll be buying their own island. So avoid that issue. That's, that's going to so. be, yeah, long term. That's uh, yep. that's going to be big. Yep. So. That's going to be big. It's interesting, uh, you know. Um, so can I incorporate that? This is the business mind here. Hmm. So does that mean I can go up to, to, to the moon and um, create my own company? On the moon, so that way I'm not under anybody's jurisdiction. No, sorry, causing problems. Here. Sorry about that. So. I think you'll need to call a space lawyer. Yeah, I'm gonna, a space attorney. Yeah, yeah if Mr. You will. Fear. Yeah, so, but uh, I don't know. Just thought. I mean, it's yeah. just like. Well, you know, I mean, you know, again, some of the other things. You know, America put a flag on the moon. Does that mean we own the moon? No. Right. You know, it's definitely been stated somewhere that nobody owns property in space, or that you're not allowed to. But again. That can Says be who? changed, right? Says that who? can be changed. Right. So it's like, all right. So who's right. the first person to do it? Who right. who sets that precedent? I right. think that's really the most important thing. Is right. the first person to do it sets the precedent, and I think that's why <clears throat> this space race space race really does have traction. Is that right. um, you know, and it's it's very very American for NASA to allow to do this commercial crew program to have private companies to do it it just it just makes it, to, to me it makes sense um because they they will oversee the whole thing they don't have to worry about um manufacturing so much as just being the quality assurance the, the quality control right uh of it and and making sure that they're qualified and they pass all the regulations they've right. set up already and let it go 
Right. Just let the competition go. I mean, right. it's it's the beginning. Uh, I think to have that capitalistic beginning right. is extremely important. It's the only way you're going to get it to grow. Yeah. Um, I, down it, the road, yeah. it can change. Yeah. But to begin, you that 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 yeah. drive to get people to do it, I think is what's going to make it successful. I, I, you know, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, NASA, you know, said, you know, you know, we're still doing launches through NASA and stuff like that through with private companies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think eventually I see NASA's role from the aspect of, you know, they're, they're going to have the launching pads. It'll be easier, less expensive for you to use their, their pads. Mm-hmm. They'll be the quality control, the FAA, you know, kind of people for, right. you know, where the rules and regulations and everything else. And basically, you know, I gotta hate to say this, but, you know, become the toll booth, you know, for, for space. So they're going to yeah. make money on it back and forth and, yeah. and blah, blah, and, blah, you know. And in a lighter sense, I, I kind of see them as, I've said this before, as the Federation in Star Trek as right. opposed to, um, well, they're definitely not the Empire from Star Wars. But, no. um, you know, I see it being a little more like that where there's a, an organization that politically and... Um, financially and uh, operationally uh, is space travel is run through because if down the road we start getting all these launches there's going just like the FAA there's going to be there's going to need to be a regulation body making sure that these launches don't go into anybody you you know what I mean so um, it's it's that's where I, I see it going yeah, you know, it, it's, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's going to be the toll booth. I mean, it's cheaper for you to pay a million to use their launching facilities. Mm. Two million, and to have million. basically their resources at right. your whim, you know, right. instead then of then having build to start right. over. Right. right. So, right. and if they ever, if they ever, how do we put this, uh, come, come down with a standardized fuel system. You know, they'll also be the fueling sure. depot and stuff like that, it, depending on the fuel system that's set up or whatever it is. Right. So, uh, but anyways, I mean, the, yeah. that's, that, that's where I see them going. Because, mm-hmm. And but, it's important to note, too, um, like even companies like SpaceX and, uh, and all the other private companies, they are contractors to NASA. Right. Which is a very important point because it's not like, it's not like SpaceX is independent of NASA as a private company. They're a private company who is contracted by NASA. Right. So it's it, it seems subtle and it doesn't seem very important, but that is a really important point. No, it's it is. It's not like NASA is is not involved. Right. They, they, they are contracting SpaceX. Right. You know. So you know, from from a subtlety point of view, and this is probably where you know the space lawyer comes into to, mm-hmm. to play here. It's like you know, it's a total different story when NASA says, "All right, we're going to hire you to help us do this." blah. Instead of a company saying, hey, you know, um, I just want to rent out your facilities so I can launch and go here. Mm. It's totally different. You know, they're, you know, you're just asking, you know, I just want to rent your facilities and move on versus, hey, okay, yeah, you have final say, blah, 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 you know, and I'm really just a subcontractor to you. And if I screw up, then you're not going to give me any more money. Mm. You know, there's a totally different, two two totally different, you know, approaches toward it. And it's valid, you know, it's a valid point. So, yeah. Um, yeah, quick note, uh, we'll, we'll go to your research in a quick sec. No problem. Um, uh, SpaceX, uh, recently just put, uh, just made all of their photos, uh, completely open sourced, um, free to the public to use, just like NASA's is. Mm. Um, and it happens from a conversation that Elon Musk had with someone online. Uh, he started off as Creative Commons, um, which is... 
essentially free, but means you can't adjust it. it there's a lot of different, um, I've been researching it for my own sake. Um, uh, Creative Commons, you know, you just need to uh, give effect. You just need to give effect. Um, you need to say, uh, you know, give credit, for instance. Right. I guess is the right way I say it. It's, it's complicated, but it's not complicated. Uh, look into it on your own time. I'm not going to try to explain it here, here on the show, but uh, um, for the fact of it going Creative Commons to just being um, copyright free, or the, the public can use it, that's a big difference. So um, it's great. I mean, it's great for me. I'll be able to use it right. um, for the show. Um, and, and, and other people will just be able to have those, those photos cool. for free. So that's great. I mean, that's, I think, one thing that NASA's done very well. NASA also released a whole bunch of audio files that are free for the public to use as well. Oh, cool. Um, they range from, um, uh, let's see here. And they're all on SoundCloud, too. So it's, a, it's not that they weren't available before, but now they're uh, available and easy to access, too. So I mean they I mean hun like almost I don't want to say hundreds but uh, a lot of different sounds that are available now I mean from uh, Apollo sounds to President Kennedy's speeches the Mercury missions uh, from Voyager the space shuttle tons of things so if you want to check mm. that out um, cool. it's on SoundCloud.com forward slash NASA um, uh, really cool I was checking those out the other day uh, it's 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 very cool. Yeah, uh, but let's uh, let's get to uh, what you've got today for for the space business, the space business yes. side of things, you know. So, but um, yeah, I did some research online. I was I was um, just just picking up aerospace industry, you know, businesses, and uh, I came across this company, and I I was not aware of this company. Uh, I should have been, but I'm just not, you know. And mm -hmm. the name of the company is Orbital ATK. Hmm. Um, their symbol on the, uh, uh, is, a is OA. That's their symbol there. It actually trades for 76 bucks a share and it actually has a dividend. So for these guys uh, that are out there, anybody who's a shareholder of a company, uh, hmm. if, if the company decides to give dividends, they're giving money back to the stockholders per share. So this hmm. particular company gives about 1% uh, per year in cash back to the shareholders. Hmm. Now, usually a company, when they have dividends, that means they get pretty good cash flow. You know, they're not going to give you money back if they're concerned about their cash, hmm. right? So um, they did $4.8 last year. Hmm. Um, now, uh, real quick, yeah. Orbital ATK is actually, from what I'm looking at here, was a merger of Orbital Sciences and ATK. Right. So Orbital Sciences is the one that had the, um, the Antares launch incident. Right. Uh, that, that exploded a few seconds after launch. Right. So that's actually the same company. Yeah, you know, it's... it's um, According to my really, really quick research. Right. <laughs> no, it's all right. And, and, and it, it is, I mean, it is a very, um, very interesting company. I mean, from this perspective, the more I read about it, the more I liked it. Um, they, their net profit is about 7% of sales, so $4.8 in sales at 7%. It's pretty good. Another thing that I found pretty interesting, uh, very actually pretty impressive, in 2012, again, the company's been around for a while, but... Yep, in it was the same company. Sorry. Same company, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. In 2012, their share price was $23 a share. Wow. And now That's it's 76. Now. It's gone up. Wow. That's yeah. fantastic. It's gone up over, you know, over three times in 
in three years. It's not yeah. even not even full wow. three years, two and a half years, uh, which I thought was pretty impressive. I was like, hey, I missed that. Yeah. You know? So where was I on that one? So, um, but I, I found it. You know, they they obviously most of these companies do defense and also do space. You know, the kind of aerospace uh, and combined. a lot of the time they they. They mix in the middle. <clears throat> they do. Yeah. They do. So I went to specifically went to the the uh, the aerospace division and you know space technology. Um, you know, it has a lot of it has a lot of very very interesting um, you know information in here. But one of the big things I, I thought Orbital itself employs over twelve thousand people in the United States. Wow. I, I thought I was like, wow, that's wow. that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. You know. Um, and uh, but some of the other things they talk briefly they talk about the ultraflex solar array that they have that that, that cr that's very lightweight and 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 uh, is very small in uh, in mass. Mm. Um, they also talk here about uh, back uh, scheduled for November. I guess they're they, what they're going to do is they're, they're going to do significant contributions. They kind of they kind of work for. Uh, I highlighted that one. Uh, one of the bigger guys that that do this, but anyways, it's it, significant contributions to the orbital ATK Cygnus space spacecraft. Uh, oh, Cygnus, yeah, okay. yeah. This is theirs, so so I guess they're part of it. The division uh, providing upgrade solar arrays and fuel tanks hmm. uh, to the vehicles. Uh, the scheduled launch for that is for, is in November. Oh, okay, okay. Um, then they they get into a whole bunch of other. They they actually developed. The um, the escape um, software and, and uh, capsule in case something happens to that you know they they've mm. developed a way to uh, to take care of that um, give me a second here it was on a, they used a kind of a diaphragm system on their fuel tanks which I thought was interesting maybe something we can get into at another time yeah mm. they have a they have a new tank for the Cygnus using a unique diaphragm technology that allows easier control of the flow of propellant being supplies to the spacecraft system, you know? Oh, okay. Uh, so to, to have a kind of, I would guess, a regulated pressure, so you're not right. just having so, it do right. whatever right. it so needs, close, whatever right. it uh, does naturally. Right. So it's kind of like a diaphragm almost, to, almost hmm. you know, to a certain extent. So, um, yeah, the new solar arrays, um, you know, they, they, there's a lot of different benefits to it. So they're very much involved in a lot of different aspects. Um like their space components go from uh, aerodynamic and um, um, I'm gonna say that wrong. You know, there you want to say that one. So uh, aerodynamics and aerothermodynamics. Thermodynamics. So, yeah. Right. So you know, is, you want to read the rest of that? Uh, bus structures, towers, subsystems, deployables. Um, let's see here: guidance, navigation, control, or as we'd call it in the industry, GNC. Um, knowing where you are and being able to figure out where you're going, right. that kind of thing. Materials, specialty structures, all very important. Uh, precision optical structures, yep, probe and probe carrier subsystems, propellant tanks, solar arrays, structural dynamics, panels, testing, thermal technologies. Yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. good. Pretty good list there, you know. So so I, I, I just kind of hopped on, and uh, like, like we talked about last time, I kind of looked to see, you know, what kind of job situation there are, and mm -hmm. they're very active in trying to get people into the into the company. And again, they already have 12,000 employees, right? And so mm -hmm. I pulled up just real quickly, just for the aerospace division, not even the other divisions. Right. And they had 24 jobs available. Wow. And 12 of those jobs were internships. Really? Yeah. And so what oh. I did is I called um, the recruiting number, but it was a little late, you know, so yeah. they, they didn't get through. But I left a message 
to see if they're actually paid internships because mm. that would make a difference. I think the guy on the phone who was talking to me, at the the guy who transferred me over, he's I'm saying, yeah, I'm interested in the internships and blah blah blah. You can kind of tell in his voice is like, hey, uh, you kind of sound like an old guy, you know, yeah. looking for an internship. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, it's all right, <laughs> you know. And uh, but yeah, even if, if you go on their website, it actually the shows uh, part of their picture of some other interns they have. Mm. You know, they're kind of a group picture and stuff. And, cool. Um, it talks about all the different aspects, and you'd be working with some people in the industry that are pretty, you know. Uh, I think they're in. I think they're in twelve or fourteen states, but, mm. um, you know. So I thought I thought that was very interesting, and a lot of opportunity there for for people out there to to maybe get a job and and uh, get an internship in that yeah. way. So um, this was the this was uh, this was posted today on Business Wire uh, today, April seventh. Uh, it talks about. Uh, you know, the Orbital ATK um, announced that it's going to spend $90 million contract with Lockheed Martin, this is what I was looking for, to provide Attitude Control Monitor, ACM, for the Orion launch abort system. Oh, okay. So they're, they're, they're developing the abort system so they can, something goes wrong, they can go into, in, into a capsule or whatever it is they're designing right. and escape. Yeah, from and that situation. Uh, I think I had done some research. Let's see if it's in this notebook I have here. Um, yeah. So, and again, it is, a, it is a combination of Lockheed Martin, NASA, and Orbital together working on this, which I thought was, you know, again, a, a good combination. Obviously, Lockheed Martin, everybody knows they've been around forever, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, so they have a... Uh, um, Yes, the safety built into the Orion system that in, in during ascent, in the case something goes wrong, the flight can still continue, and then they would eject and uh, move potentially far away from the spacecraft as as much as they can, as can so that they're safe in case an explosion happens. Right, right. Or something goes wrong. Which makes know. sense after some of the launches. That, yeah, and if yep. it's the attitude yeah. control yeah. motor, yep. then uh, ACM. Yeah, attitude control, attitude is where you're going, where you're pointing. So attitude control um, would be making sure, my guess, is that uh, that's the motor that would help them direct right. where they're averting danger from. Right. So that, that'd be my guess. I, I would assume that's the case. I mean, it talks here about, later on it talks about how the, um, the ACM, again, the attitude control motor, uh, provides the steering controls for, for that escape module yep. uh, using solid propellant mm. gas generators with eight eight proportional valves equally spaced around three foot diameters to steer Orion as it moves away from the launch vehicle. Mm. So the motor motor the motor can exert about seven thousand pounds of steering force at any direction, in nice. any one direction. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting from that aspect. Um, the headquarters for, for this location is down in Virginia. Uh -huh. um, so again, yeah, 12,000 uh, 12, uh, 12, people, 20 states, so it's actually 20 states. Mm. Um, you know, the, uh, the website here, I've got www.orbitallatk.com, which makes sense, mm -hmm. the name of the company. And this was just came out today. This just came out today. I just happened to nice. see it on the website when I was doing my, my research. Uh, but, you know, some bitty, pretty big players here. And, mm -hmm. again, I had not really heard about Orbital. I mean, Lockheed Martin you heard of, all these other guys. Right. But Orbital I had not really heard of. And then it was very impressive to see their stock and see what that had happened. I was like, yeah. wow, you know. Yeah, then, I mean, Orbital, I mean, they took a hit from from their 
their launch system, and it was the the one with the, the they were using the old Russian rockets right. on the Antares system. Right. Um, and that apparently, uh, from the last time I had looked it up, uh, they made a deal with a Russian company uh, for a new uh, a new line of, of engines for right. uh, for their rockets for their Antares rockets. Yeah. Um, so that way they make sure the system is is all working. But uh, one of the things I've been learning too is that you know you can't just change an engine and hope it makes sense because the entire thing the entire rocket system in my guess would be the Antares right. is an entire system in itself you right. know it's like it's like let's see if there's a good comparison um, it would be like changing a piston in the engine right. and just saying eh, it'll be fine right. you know no, you gotta make sure it's balanced with the rest of the other pistons sure. and that sure. the, the engine itself overall works properly for the car it gets right. good mileage it gets you know it's not gonna sure. blow on you that kind right. of thing yeah but even even <clears throat> even if you don't change the piston on the engine and you just take one piston and just replace the rings on the on that piston now you've created so much pressure now it's it's containing that pressure right so now the other the other Four or six or seven or five of them, whatever it is, are right. are losing pressure. But and this that's one a great is, point because you, imagine that on the balance. scale of a rocket. Oh yeah, right. So that's that's a great example. Yeah. 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 So. The other thing is like on the transmission side of things. You mm -hmm. know, it's like you know it's designed for four speed, a five speed automatic. Mm -hmm. well, all of a sudden, you're going to put in an eight speed automatic, and yes, believe it or not, there are eight speed automatics <laughs> out there. You know, and you put an eight speed automatic in there, that might just you know, it might be too strong for it. It right. might, you know, who, or maybe it's too weak for it. Maybe you don't get the power you need, you know, who knows? So, yeah, it's, right. uh, yeah, it do definitely does, you know, it, it's, you know, a lot of testing when you're going to take something old and kind of re, uh, re-engineer it. Mm. You know, it may not have, it may not take the stress level of what it's designed, you know, wasn't designed for. So. Right, right. Uh, so it's funny you mentioned uh, Orbital, because I as I was looking it up as you were talking about it, um, Yesterday was the 25th anniversary of the Pegasus Air Launch System, um, which falls under um, Orbital's, Orbital Sciences uh, rockets. It was mm. developed by them, and it was the first publicly, de uh, privately developed launch system that was ever right. launched. So this, this was the beginning of privately developed space systems. Yeah. Um, and it was Orbital Sciences who merged with ATK, which is right. the company we're talking about now. So right. that's that's amazing. And so what they used to do is they used to put this Pegasus, um, and it would launch from B-52s. Uh, it's actually a really good... Let me pull it up here. Yeah, that's uh, Then they would lock, launch horizontally off the bottom, right? Right. Um, it's... <laughs> It's it's really crazy. It's a pretty good. It's like a nice minute forty. Um, it's just the launch from twenty thirteen. Um, so it literally drops off the bottom here, right? Yeah. See, yeah. And then just takes off. Yeah, you know, you, know, you built. Was, yeah, they were putting up. This was for this video specifically is for the solar astronomy satellite. You know, and I, my guess is it was it was to help make launches cheaper and. Um, to find a different way to launch. Well, plus you're already have, you're not you're not launching from a dead stop. Mm -hmm. You're already going at 500 miles an hour, right. you know, and and or more faster, you know, and and then yeah, I'm not sure how fast it would go, right. but yeah, well, let's say 500 miles an hour, and then so you already got some momentum, and so and you're already halfway there anyways because mm -hmm. you're up there. Yeah. So yeah, and know. this one was a multi-stage too. I believe it has three stages. Um, yeah, and that just to 
give it away to to get into orbit. Right. So you know, I think there's logic to that. I think yeah. there's a lot of logic to it. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, well, wasn't it Virgin Virgin, uh, uh, Virgin Galactic? Galactic. That, yes, and that they use that that uh, same horizontal launch uh, right. idea with uh, Spaceship One and Spaceship right. Two. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, and I mean, they they specifically designed their plane um, to uh, to launch off of where like this one used, which rightly so, um, used something we already had, which right. was, was would definitely save in cost. Right. You know, I, find I agree. use for a plane that probably wasn't being used. Right. That, that type of thing. So yeah, so you know, I mean, for those of you out there who are interested in whatever it is, it's uh, Orbital ATK is the name of the company, and um, you know, the more I looked into it, the more I was impressed with the fact that, you know, that they're, they've actually been doing this for a while and, and they've certainly, um, not shy about it. Yeah. So, uh, pretty impressive. And, uh, and they, and they have an intern, uh, intern program for this particular industry. Them, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's specific to that industry. It would, I did when I did my search, it was specific, wow. you know? So, um, yeah. So, uh, Interesting to say the least, you yeah. know. So, so those of you guys out there who are interested, and uh, I remember we heard it first, you know, you can send <laughs> me your your uh, your percentage to me. So, but uh, but yeah, no, it's a, it, it it's it looks very interesting. Um, I, I think it would be worth checking out. Very cool. So, and then when I hear from the recruiter, and the next time we get on, I'll yeah, we'll, we'll bring it up we'll, and see if we'll it's a bring paid it internship because yes. it'd be kind of tough to move to Virginia or California and not get paid for it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, it's it's uh. You know, it's it's fascinating all the stuff we learn, and the fact that we can do it from your cell phone, from your Absolutely. own room. I mean, you you've done this research from your computer. I do mine from the. You know, yep. the fact that we can do that is amazing, and it's something oh, we're yeah. gonna make sure is. No, I used to have to run to the library and you right. know and right. you know, check out books that were already twenty years old. Yeah, right, so. right. But um, no, it's uh, it's it's crazy. The more the more we do this, the more I'm. Uh, I'm shocked that we can do this. Oh, it, it really is. You know, it's amazing. So, now uh, do they? Um, I mean, we'll ask. Uh, let me see. We'll ask uh, Michael Lopez uh, Algria when we when we interview him. Hopefully, one of these days, the the restaurant. Let's see if they actually do. They actually like take some wine or some alcohol with them when they go up there. We have to ask the Russians about that. Yeah, I mean, the Russians probably yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, the Russians probably do. Yeah. You know, that'd be interesting. I think we we might get in trouble though if we we go for an interview with the Russians, but. That's right. We'd have a good time, though. We'd have a fun time yeah. with that. So, <laughs> Zemi would have to drink when we're when we're. Oh, I think interview. it's necessary. So. Yeah, I think so. A little Russian vodka. You know, I bet vodka. your voices would sound better if we drank while we did yeah, the show. Probably. So. Probably. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, you know. Um, so every week we're going to bring you uh, a new company. Yeah. And uh, every time some... we're on, because right now we're on a bi-weekly schedule. Right. Because uh, I am fitting to what we opened up with. Uh, just too many, too many things, yeah. too many things that need to get done and you literally need to say no. I mean, yep. that's, you know, there are things that need to get done and there are right. things that would be nice to do. It would be nice to do this every week right now. Yep. No, one of the most important that you're right about saying no. Yeah. You know, you're saying no is, um, to what you need. Now, again, it, it can get tough on a personal basis, but, um, yeah, you know, always saying yes is just going to bury you. Yeah. Just gonna bury you. Yeah. You have to pick and choose. Yeah, not and not by anybody else's fault. Just because they don't know. Why? Why would they know that you're you have too many things in your plate? Yeah, you know, you it's know. not their place to know. No, that's it's not you. Their place that's to your know. responsibility yeah. is to make sure that you yeah. are being responsible. Yeah, you know, listen. You know, it, yeah. it, it sounds great. And sorry, really sorry, but you know, I just 
I've got got to take care of this first, and mm -hmm. and we'll get to it later. Because otherwise, you you will because people will people will have a tendency. There's an old saying in the business world: if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. You mm -hmm. know, so because they're they're in the habit right. of getting it done. They're so you know it's you know it's uh, some of the most successful times that I've had doing things is when I'm just totally crushed with work. That's you know just that's the truth. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you got to learn to say no at times when uh, you just hit your max. Mm. So, and sometimes it's just skill training, and it's not. And, yeah. and, and when I say skill training, I'm not saying go to going to college. Sometimes it is, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of different ways out there to get your skill level, you know, up, yeah. better, higher, faster. Um, so that way, it, it makes your life easier. So, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, so definitely, but. But uh, yeah, so that I think that just about does uh, it for today. What where, where, where are we where are we logging in at? Yep, an hour twenty. Just well, fucking flies by. There you go. Um, when you're having fun, right? There you go. Um, so what else? What do we say? Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, uh, there's todayinspace.net is our website. There's Today in Space podcast Facebook page. Contact me on Twitter at El Greco E L G R three C O. Uh, or email the show at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com. Um, oh, and to close out, uh, we are, I think it's next Wednesday. Let me look at the date. I think it would be the 15th, yes, uh, is the last day to let me know if if you're an artist out there and you want to kind of get your word out. I know how tough it is to, to, to get people uh, to see your work. Um, offering a free opportunity. Um, it, you do have to win. It is a competition, but uh, I have two spots on my website: uh, the com link and uh, the search for topics banner. If you go to the home page of Today in Space, uh, it'd be todayinspace.net/home. Um, and uh, if you want to do a graphic or a painting or a, a drawing, a sketch, anything that really defines you. Um, this is a chance to get your, your word out there and you can put your tagline, social media name, whatever in the bottom right corner. Um, the deadline for that is April 15th to let me know that you're doing it. Um, when it needs to be finished, we'll figure out later. Um, there's a few people involved. Um, I'm also going to be doing one as well. Um, but April 15th is your last day, um, to let me know that you're going to be involved and it's, uh, it's going to make the site look great and it's free advertising for you so if you are involved in the arts i i want to give you guys a chance that's me pass up uh, putting it forward paying it forward is that, is that is that the right term yeah i guess yeah, yeah i guess so so uh so the opportunity is there you just need to take it um and that that just about it that's just about it guys um we got a lot of things i'm working on a few things right now um the 3d printer is being worked on and while i'm doing that um, I'm making videos uh, from me putting it together to how to put how to make it work different things so um, look for that as it's coming up later um, it's gonna take a while to get the footage together to do some voiceovers but when it comes it's gonna come fast and hard so uh, you know it's just all getting it prepared uh, I'm working on that now I'm also working on um, a few things here and there for uh, the office I'm working on a recording light right now, uh, and me and John are working on music, so uh, don't say I'm not doing anything. 
um, more busy than uh, probably been in a while. But uh, it's all good things. I I'm, I'm, I'm love getting my hands involved. So um, super excited. Do yourself a favor and uh, get disciplined, man. It's uh, it's kind of a pain in the ass in the beginning, but uh, it pays off dividends so much more. You know, once you get involved, you can do so much more. Um, It'll so, just just eliminate your frustrations. That's why I started. Yep. You yep. know, um, you get frustrated, and you know the only reason is because you know you just don't right at that moment. You right. don't have what you need. You yeah. know, um, so take a take a lesson from the uh, the aerospace game. Um, the astronaut game and get disciplined. Uh, it, it'll do you a world of good. Um, other than that, keep questioning everything, keep looking up, and we will see you next time. Uh, two weeks from now. Uh, today in space. Goodbye, everybody.